<laughs> I put this on as a joke for a, a previous <laughs> Zoom thing. No, I can't figure out how to turn it off. I thought I did. <laughs> Looks really good. It's so charming. <laughs> makes makes you look like you're 36. <laughs> Studio fix, there it is. <laughs> I got on here, I was like, man, we might be just slim pickings. <laughs> Probably a good thing. <laughs> got me time to turn that off. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, if I could get a filter to take away these rosy cheeks, I got sunburnt today. <laughs> so is it some hot weather back? I mean, do you call yourself back east? I mean, it's further east than us, right? <laughs> Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, it's, uh, it's was pretty good today it was only in the low 80s oh so, wow. yeah. yeah in fact tonight felt really really good it was like 75 at eight o'clock so. <laughs> you know <sighs> but we've had some really hot weather before this that's going to come back <laughs> yeah Nervous. Looking at the weather for next week. It's education week. It never fails. I always, especially huffing it between classes and stuff. <laughs> I take like my sweatband. Oh yeah, we are not looking cool next week at all. I'm wondering if this is all we got tonight. Might just be a busy week for everybody with summer things going on. Mom should be here though. Are are you on there, Dad? Is Mom coming? Yeah, I'm on here, and she is, but she's just a little slow. Gotcha.
Stefan was there, but then he disappeared. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I'm just <laughs> getting over a cold and apparently I flared up. Um, well, let's go ahead and, and get started. <laughs> See if anybody else joins in. It might be a, a shorter one tonight. But um, yeah, I'll go ahead and say the prayer and then we'll dive into lecture second. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for our many blessings and for the opportunity to, to join together as friends tonight to discuss the lectures on faith. We're grateful for the Prophet Joseph Smith, who restored so many things for us to, to learn and ponder and, and grow and experience so that we could learn how to come back into thy presence. We're so grateful for our Savior Jesus Christ, who makes all things possible through his life and ministry and his loving sacrifice for all of us. We're so grateful to be trusted and born into the, this uh, final dispensation uh, of the fullness of times with our spiritual <laughs> gifts and, and all of the, the blessings that we receive. So grateful for a living prophet and um, for the scriptures and all of the, the many tools that we have so readily available. Father, we're grateful for all of these blessings. We ask that thy spirit would be with us tonight to teach us, to help us discern, and to, to enlighten our minds in, in all things. We're so grateful, Father, for all thy many blessings. And we say these things in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, all right. We're starting to get a couple more. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. So lecture second, uh, this is a, a really fun one. Uh, like I was, I don't know, I think I've said it in all the groups. <laughs> lecture second used to be kind of my <clears throat> throwaway one, but the one I just like hurry over because it has all the genealogies of like, all right, why is that in there? I, but as I was recording the, the audio for the lectures, um, by the time I got done recording lecture second, I was like, Oh, I finally get it. And now it's one of my favorite uh, of the lectures. It's it's such a fun one. Um, you but... guys are going to have to tutor me because I left my book at home. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But I didn't want to miss you tonight either. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to have you. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, just kind of starting off the bat, if anybody has anything that they uh, would like to share, if not, we'll just kind of dive right into it. <coughs> oh, you know what? I think I forgot this in group A and B, but um, <laughs> to, to start each of our <laughs> sessions with uh, the salutation. So, um, just going over this. So DNC 88 verse 133 says, art thou a brother or brethren? And I would include sister or sistren in there. I salute you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
in token or remembrance of the everlasting covenant, in which covenant I receive you to fellowship, in a determination that is fixed, immovable, unchangeable, to be your friend and brother through the grace of God in the bonds of love, to walk in all the commandments of God blameless in thanksgiving forever and ever. Amen. As I'm, I keep reading this more and more, uh, there's lots of deep meaning for, for me at least, in, in that simple salutation, that, that verse there. Um, I think that as we get through all of the lectures that uh, this will become one of our, our favorites. <clears throat> so in the lecture first, it presents um, the first three topics that the, the lectures are going to cover. The first is faith itself, what it is. And, and that's what we discussed last week. Secondly, it's the object on which it rests. And that's what we're, we're diving through uh, tonight. So <clears throat> the object on which it rests, it, it talks about in verse two of lecture second. So I don't know, let me just pull it up and, and read all of the um, verse two there, because I think that it's uh, huge. I mean, there's a lot to talk about just in that one verse. All right, it says, we here observe that God is the only supreme governor and independent being in whom all fullness and perfection dwells, who is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, without beginning of days or end of life, and that in him every good gift and every good principle dwells, and that he is the father of lights. In him the principle of faith dwells independently. And he is the object in whom the faith of all other rational and accountable beings centers for life and salvation. And so, anyway, right there, it, just right out the gate, it, it tells us um, the object um, upon which faith um, hangs. Uh, kind of like a, if we're talking about Isaiah, that Eliakim principle. He's the nail in the sure place, the, the thing which everything else hangs on. If, if that goes, everything else comes crashing down. But anyway, anything else that you guys um, see or, or want to talk about in that verse? I think there's um, quite a few fun things. Um, these, these omnis really stand out to me. Every time that I read those... Um, just talking about an all-powerful, an all-present, and an all-knowing God um, is, is quite powerful. You know, as those are titles, those are adjectives um, to this divine being. A fun side study I've been doing this week is um, looking into the the title for God, which is the Most High God, El Elyon. Um, Anyway, it, it's a really fun word study. If you take that one phrase and, and look at it through all of scripture, through the hymns, through general conference talks and stuff, because I don't know, I, I found out that I didn't know who El Elyon was. 
and I had kind of misnomers or um, anyway, it, it's a fun word study if you ever want to go there. <laughs> but it, it kind of branched off of these omnis, the omni omnipotent, the omnipresent, and the omniscient, um, and kind of because those are very similar words to um, El Elyon, the the most high god. So oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, didn't you say that the omni meant all? Mm -hmm. He's all. So like with the omnipotent, the potent means power. So he's all powerful. And then the omnipresent is kind of like always present always present it, it doesn't follow the same time thing like we do it's we have like linear time and he can be past present in the now wherever he needs to be we're all at once i i don't know how that all works and then what was the other one omni omniscient omnificent Om, omnip, omnipotent omniscient uh -huh. So the first one was omnipotent, the powerful, the, mm -hmm. the omnipresent, and then the third one in that thing was omniscient. All-knowing. Mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. So those are pretty strong things there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, I don't know if it was group A or B, but um, I was trying to to talk about a principle there, but it hadn't fully fleshed out in my mind. But I, I think I finally got it somewhat. <laughs> but um, what what came to mind was kind of going back to to math or geometry or whatever you want to, whatever field you want to put it in necessarily. But um, how to to necessarily plot a, a point in space, right? Uh, if we're talking uh, a two dimensional flat surface we have like an x and a y axis right where we're counting up and down and 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 putting a dot somewhere um and we can only get so far with a two-dimensional aspect but if you add in a third dimension that that z axis then you can start drawing a cube right you can take a a square that you've you've drawn and actually extend it into into space there and to me those three omnis are kind of like that for for god if we're taking the x-axis and the y-axis being omnipotence and uh omnipresence and then um taking that omniscience and, and making it 3d kind of creating a a deeper understanding of god and then you know because there's there's five omnis the uh omnificent and omnibenevolent um which are are even further in creating a fourth and fifth dimension um i was going to say isn't heavenly father in the fit isn't that the fifth dimension you know i don't know like i've i've heard that phrase and, and stuff before but i i haven't been able to like lock it down i, I was trying to say <clears throat> but didn't find it anywhere necessarily but yeah I, if you have anything on that or, or happen to google it or something uh i'll keep trying but yeah it is god in like a fifth dimension or, or something because i think that that would be really interesting with those five omnis um if that's kind of 
how that plots out. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, so anyway, the lecture second being, how do we take faith and then, okay, it rests on this and, and this only, right? Um, so in order, the, I'm reading from, from verse three. <laughs> I should probably put it up on the screen. Yeah, since I don't have my book. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I brought a whole bunch of other books and then got on the plane and realized I should have brought lectures on faith. <laughs> You're all good. Um, it says, in order to present this part of the subject in a clear and conspicuous point of light, it is necessary to go back and show the evidences which mankind have had and the foundation on which these evidences are or, or were based since the creation to believe in the existence of a God. And so just like everything else that we do in the gospel, it all goes back to creation, fall, and, and that the Adam and Eve story. And so, um, which is another interesting point. So we do not mean those evidences which are manifested by the works of creation, which we daily behold with our natural eyes. So, so those things aside, we are, are let's see the evidences which mankind have had since the creation to believe in the existence of a god and so um it, it goes through quite a bit of the um the genesis story uh of the the creation of adam and his naming of, of things, um, the creation of Eve, and then going into the fall. And let's see. So I'm just kind of confused. He's saying that these are the reasons why we believe in Christ, like, or in God, like we have to know and understand these things in order to have a testimony. Uh -huh. So it begins with the Adam and Eve story, and then it uh, goes down the generations all the way to, to Abraham. And so um, with that, um, it, it focuses a lot on telling the whole Adam story and his interactions with God in order to, to then show how that ripples throughout the generations that are, that come after him and why everyone have so, a testimony to, to lean on. So is it kind of just telling that allegory again? Uh -huh, yeah, of the, the creation uh, and the Adam and Eve story, yeah. Okay, so do you find that to be true for you, that you start with Adam and Eve and believe in that and work your way down? Because that's what I'm hearing you say, that that's I, I have a little something to say about that. Um, hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> hello. Um, okay, so this week I was listening to, I don't know, I think I mentioned it last class, this guy named Swedenborg. Have you guys ever heard of him? I have. Uh -huh. Anyway, so I was listening to one of, because I really loved, uh, he has so many beliefs, same beliefs that we've had. He was like 
translated and has he was not he's not LDS. But anyway, he he saw this the heaven and spirit world several times. He wrote about it like in the 1700s or something like that. But anyway, I was listening to this one video about the Bible. And they were, he says, and this was like such an eye-opener. I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm just so spiritually young. I don't know. But he said the Adam and Eve story is our personal spiritual story. So it's, we can't know our spirits without knowing Adam and Eve because it's the beginning of our spiritual journey. And I've never thought of it personal. Like I've never thought of Adam and Eve personally like oh that's the beginning of my story mm-hmm. and so it so it does fit in with this is that to have faith in god and faith in that we're his sons and daughters we do need to know the beginning of our story so i thought that was really like it it finally made it personal i've been to the temple all these times and it never has really wrong that those that personal do you know what i mean mm-hmm I don't know. So, really- I know where I got my testimony, but I don't think it was from knowing these stories. Maybe these stories backed up a later belief. Does that make sense? Or it- a farther belief that's coming to have, you know, what I mean? that, that, I don't know, that like the whole thing of the faith and then action and the power <laughs> all three together. Maybe that's one of the links. Like, if we're stronger with our testimony in Adam and Eve, and the beginning, like I well, wonder, if that... like, like studying the Abrahamic covenant, covenant definitely strengthens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I wonder, like for me, I wonder if learning all this does give you more of a firm stand. Your, you know, makes your testimony stronger, and knowing your story more. You know, I don't know. That's just I kind think- of really true for me. I think that that was like the foundation, but it wasn't until I knew that Heavenly Father loved me that I could go back and look at those other stories. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So how did you come to that? How did you come to know that Heavenly Father loved you? I just bore my my testimony on this Sunday. Um, So probably about 40 years ago, Harry Hewlett got up in my ward and bore his testimony. Do you really ever remember anybody's testimonies? (laughs) But he stood up and he told us, he said, why have miracles ceased today? He goes, I testify that they have not. And then he talked about how he was in need of something. Um, He needed to get his tire off and there was one lug nut he couldn't get off. And then the Holy Ghost just whispered to him, WD-40 which I was like, duh, why didn't you try that anyway? You know, but anyway, (laughs) he said he went and tried it and it came off. And that's when he realized like that was a miracle for him. And then he ended his testimony with a challenge and said, I challenge you to find the small everyday miracles in your life. And I was um, 14 years old. I was in, I was in 10th grade. And I did, I remember, like, I, I think it must've been over the holidays or something, or there was spring break or something. I don't remember, but I remember, like, I couldn't remember my locker combination. I always remembered my locker combination after holidays, but this year I couldn't. And then Emily father just told me what it was. And I remembered it. And then it was just little things like that. But what made the difference was 
that I recognized that it was Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Rather than my husband's kind of going through this thing. I think I told you guys the story about him having the organ postlude music and he got asked to at church to t- play the music. And I'm like, why do you have that with you? And he goes, why well, picked it up? Like, why? Because the Lord provided, like it was there, but he just thinks it's him. He does not give the credit to heavenly father. And that's the difference is you have to recognize that it comes from heavenly father. And I just, I don't remember all the miracles that happened because they were just little (laughs) weenie everyday things. But I remember stopping in the hallway at school and going, wow, heavenly father knows who I am and he loves me. And that's never, I've never lost that since ever. It's just grown and grown and grown. Mm-hmm. That was me. Yeah. And it's, so everyone that, made it different. Yeah. So it points to the same pattern that lecture second deals with. So it mm-hmm. goes through the, the Adam and, and Eve story and then goes on to the next uh, few generations and says, they all were were products of the fall, right? I mean, they were outside of God's presence already, but yet they had a testimony from someone else saying, God's real, this is how he works, and to, to rely on him. And then they could then know that there was a God and to start trying to, to find him on their own kind of a thing. And so, yeah, it, very much that way, because like we like we're born and the only things that we know is by what we can observe, right? Um, what we see our, our parents, our siblings, the, the environment around us doing and how it interacts and, and learning from it. And um, so nothing, you know, I can't say that in every circumstance, but like everything that we do is never, or everything that we gain is never just God just revealing himself to us without um, any intermediary testimony kind of a thing. And so there's always like a catalyst or, or somebody that we can lean on or an idea that we've heard. And then, then that gives us the, the fuel or the momentum to actually start experimenting with them. Okay. So it also can be a veil of unbelief, Alethea. Right. Right. And it also could be generational. Like some -hmm. of this gets handed down and just, we have some people have to work harder to see that. Like, it's just some people that's a gift that can see miracles and others. It takes more, you know, just, I think, I don't know, but that makes kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Um, so can I kind of change the subject and keep it on the same subject? (laughs) No, (laughs) Well, of course you can. <laughs> maybe this is a weird question and maybe I'm the only one that thinks about this. So I went to the temple in Rexburg today with my son and I just actually went wanting to understand like the allegory more. Like I just help me understand this. And it just made me wonder, was there something besides the war in heaven and voting for heavenly father's plan that we had to do to signal that we wanted to come to earth and get our coats of skin immortality. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the coats of skin is a layered meaning, a dual meaning. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that, and then how did we get at the very end of the line? Like, look at all the generations of time and where right. we got. Like, how did we get at the back? Like, I probably was trying to get seconds on the brownies, and they were like, Kathy, get in the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just wondering because Eve ate of the fruit. Did we eat of a fruit? Did we, was there something like we, everything we do is we, we make we do something to make a sign or a covenant like baptism we there's always something we do to progress just made me wonder was i wonder if there's something that we did besides just saying yeah i want to go i don't know it was just Mm -hmm. the thought i had well maybe stepping forward and saying we wanted this plan was kind of like partaking of the fruit we have the bravery to step step up against the adversary yeah but i just wonder if we didn't have to have more of like a one-on-one interview like we do when we get baptized i don't know oh probably could be i don't know i'm just saying I just wonder, I guess we won't know that answer though, until we get to the other side. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about like the, how the atonement is both, um, forward and backward, right. It it covers, um, everything. And so as we are making covenants in the, the preexistence and, uh, striving to, uh, keep and, and maintain those and working towards our our goals and stuff i i can definitely see uh lots of interesting connections there that uh would play out but yeah like <laughs> maybe if you, let, maybe, if you find a, a vision on that let me know <laughs> maybe some of us were like you know what i just want to get this over with send me down now and others were like i gotta study i gotta study up and figure out what i need to do i want to go later <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it was like a lot of pressure to be at the end and be like, are you strong enough? Cause it's going to be bad. Like, this is bad news. Like, <laughs> you know, were we fervent enough to, you know, be at the end? Another thing I wanted to share was, um, um, the temple president down here for the St. George temple spoke, of course it's still being redone, but he spoke at, um, state conference and i wasn't actually there but my friend called me right after she's like he said the coolest thing he was saying that it won't be done in november but probably like next year sometime beginning of the year but anyway he said the reason we need to get to the temples is the heavenly father wants to bless us with more joy and more power and i was like oh that's interesting because that's the faith and then the action and then the power. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting that he would say joy and power. Like that was, I was like, woo, ding, ding, ding. Like that was, I was like, yay, this is really cool. Yeah, I love that. I kind of but, felt that today. I can't really talk about it because it was at the veil, but I kind of felt that today to the point where it moved me to tears and they thought I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> so Being then they start helping you and you're like, no, I know how to do it. Just let yeah. me get uh-huh. I said, no, I know it. 
And then I got done and the lady goes, you did it. And I'm like, of course I did it. I've been doing this for <laughs> 35 plus years. But sometimes so you're just happy. so in the moment and stuff. And yeah, I had, like, I work at the vet all the time, but um, like sometimes you just have some ladies that, that just want to be in the moment and they get it, you know, and you're just like, okay, I'm here as long as you need kind of thing, because there, there's tons of emotions that, that can happen there. Well, and I don't like to, I don't like to say it and just be wrote like memorized. Mm -hmm. I like to say it like I really know what I'm saying, but mm -hmm. today there was just something else that was there and I'm kind of going through a real descent. I keep thinking I've descended as low as I can go. And then it just kind of goes a little farther. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to make sure you know that you're <laughs> at the bottom I'm there heavenly father quit sending me down <laughs> but um yeah and I kind of needed that today I kind of mm -hmm. had a little inkling and revelation so anyway yeah or assurance that. it's something I already knew but it was just an assurance so anyway yeah well, um so Taking a look at um, uh, kind of the, the end of the Adam and Eve story before it goes into the generations, um, these verses really stood out to me as far as why are they including all of this in uh, lecture second. And it says, and the Lord God said unto Adam, um, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have eaten of the fruit of the tree of which I commanded you saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed shall be the ground for your sake. Let's see. Let me skip forward. Um, so this was immediately followed by a fulfillment of what we have previously said. Man was driven or sent out of Eden. I guess this is mainly the verse that I wanted to touch on. Um, so two important items are shown from the former quotations. First, after man was created, he was not left without intelligence or understanding to wander in darkness. And so that kind of is disputing like Neanderthal man and create and uh, yeah. um, evolution, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, to wander in darkness and spend an existence in ignorance or doubt on the great and important point which efficated his happiness. As to the real fact by whom he was created, or unto whom he was amenable for his conduct. God conversed with him face to face. In his presence, he was permitted to stand, and from his own mouth, he was permitted to receive instruction. He heard his voice, walked before him, gazed upon his glory, while intelligence burst upon his understanding and enabled him to give names to the vast assemblage of the Maker's works. Secondly, Okay, wait, what do you think it was he was teaching him? Because was he telling him about the Savior's plan and the plan of salvation? Or wouldn't you want to know what they talked about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would believe that it would be uh, a full a full enchilada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they don't do anything in, in ignorance. Like they are receiving all of the instruction from God himself. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I would like to have been a fly on the wall. Of course, there probably was. So <laughs> yeah. I wish I could remember. 
So secondly, I think this is one of the, the main points of the whole lecture. We have seen that though man did transgress, his transgression did not deprive him of the previous knowledge with which he was endowed relative to the existence and glory of his creator. For no sooner did he hear his voice than he sought to hide himself from his presence. Um, so, though he was cast out of the Garden of Eden, his knowledge of the existence of God was not lost. Neither did God cease to manifest his will unto him. And so I think that's kind of like one of the, the huge cruxes of the whole lecture second, going, even though transgression happened and expulsion out of the garden, God is not ceasing to interact, like just cold turkey out of my presence, but he is continuing. Uh, he gets to keep his, his knowledge, his intellect, his revelations, his interactions with deity, all of that's kept intact. And he is still in his presence in the garden um, and having a, a discussion with him. And then he continues to, to send messengers and, and angels and, and all of these things to, to help. So having said all that, then it goes through the generations from Adam uh, all the way down to, to Father Abraham. On the uh, lecturesonfaith.com version, um, he has included a handy little chart that lines all of this out really greatly. Let me pull that up there. But they had an apostasy after Adam before Christ came. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had a few. So why then, when the prophets came, they believed them? Why do we not believe them now? That's an excellent question. And, and I think that um, some of this kind of answers it. Um, and well, definitely by the end of, of lecture second, it'll all wrap in together and stuff. But, okay. but looking at this pattern, and then let, let's apply it from Christ until now, and, and look at that same exact pattern, how it plays out. So here we have Father Adam, and we see that all of the patriarchs up until Noah, so Lamech, Noah's father, all of these are still alive to receive a testimony from Adam himself that there is a God that does exist. And this is how to come back into his presence. This is how we approached it. Here's how you guys can do it too. And so, I mean, if you have somebody, that you're talking to, that you know personally, and, and they have a testimony that there is a God. I mean, that that's some pretty good concrete <laughs> evidence enough to, to at least try your own experimentation upon the word, right? So it's interesting that Noah then has a lot of time with, with Lamech here, his father, in order to receive uh, another additional testimony but look at uh, let's see noah well there's apostasy there and there was apostasy before abraham mm -hmm. yeah. there was apostasy before christ yeah and so uh here with noah he only misses adam and seth but noah has uh well i guess 
Enoch to, to some extent. I'm sure Enoch ministered to, to Noah as well. But uh, looking at that, I mean, Noah has all of these testimonies saying, hey, we knew Adam and we know from our own experience that God exists and this is how to approach him kind of a thing. And so we have all of these patriarchs. You know, these aren't all of the posterity. The These are the faithful ones that um, that the keys of the patriarchal lineage is getting passed through. But you have many who are choosing not to believe just a simple testimony of their forefathers. And so um, we do see by the time of Noah that the the world is is very wicked. I mean, we see that during Enoch's time, right? I mean, that's one of the the main catalysts for the the ascension of Enoch's people is the descent that um, is is always in contrast, right? But so, don't you think that part of the reason there wasn't so many people with Enoch and they were so wicked is because the righteous were taken up to Enoch? Uh huh. Yeah. Enoch. Yeah, and so I mean, the city of Enoch, they were fighting wars and and trying to uh, deflect all of the the persecution that was coming their way. Um, there was many people who wanted to destroy Enoch City while it was still here on this earth, and and it was eventually taken up. Yeah, and so by the time Noah comes around, that people continued to ascend up during that time right but noah was yeah i think people continued to ascend yeah and uh we see that uh, from then on you know we see that with melchizedek um uh, with uh, his city i mean many people even clear to the present i mean there's um that pattern of uh people ascending and uh, becoming translated themselves um and so then we have from Noah on, we have kind of the same pattern, although there's shorter lifespans, where many of them are getting their testimonies directly from Noah, except for Abraham. Abraham is he um, relies on some of the uh, the forefathers here. He didn't have personal interactions with Noah. I mean that we know of based on time uh, year stamps here. Um, but anyway, just the fact that from father to son or the, this patriarchal line here, that many are receiving uh, a testimony saying God exists and this is how the pattern works. And so they are able to then take that and experiment upon the word themselves and, and um, learn the laws and patterns in order to approach God um, and, and do the same things that, that Adam did. Kind of a thing and so as we we take a look like like you were talking about alethea how that that one testimony of you know believing in miracles the, see the miracles in the day-to-day -day. you experiment on it and you, then you just know i know that god loves me and mm -hmm. and then you grow from grace to grace from all of these different experiences and it uh evolves into this wonderful full testimony um that I mean, it's going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, and so anyway, lecture second being, um, again, the object on which faith rests is God, where if you take him out of the mix, everything crumbles. 
So we have to have faith that there is a God. And how do we have faith that there is a God? Because, I mean, if nothing else, the Adam story, the creation story, if you don't have any other experiences or people telling you uh, their uh, interactions with, with God, there's at least that through um, reading the Bible, if, if you've grown up in the church and uh, eventually get your endowment without having a testimony, you're getting it, you're getting it there. <laughs> but I think also that maybe some people don't get their testimony from reading the Bible, but it's the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then, and then we get that story in the Book of Mormon, right? Yeah. And seeing how that, that all flows down. So there's many. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that part of the reason my testimonies continued to grow because all of you and studying with you. And so I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing how, um, how it's, I don't know if it ever is actually, <laughs> how it's always in, in groups. Like, um, I mean, you could study by yourself forever and, and get to a certain point, but, but when you have testimonies of, of different experiences and going, Ooh, I want that as well. And, and learning and growing and, um, Oh, well, I was studying this and just all of where, the, the rich interaction there. That's where the promise, um, are the blessing of two or three are gathered in my name there. I will be also right. Yeah comes you can study on your own and there are times where you need to just have private time with the lord to be taught but it's also in groups like this where it's like oh you know and discussing just like the um school of the prophets right where miraculous things happened yeah exactly and of course joseph's happened on his own in the first vision right so <laughs> sometimes it is alone but other times great, great miracles can happen, or we can bring others to those great miracles by being in groups. That's mm -hmm. what missionary work is all about, right? Yeah. We bring others to, to baptism through that. Right. I really, out of this chapter, I love that genealogy chart. That was fascinating to me that they were that old and they were all together on earth at that time. I never had put all that I knew they lived for a long time, but I never had figured that part out. And I was thinking, how would people fall away when you have that much of the priesthood and that much, like, it was just fascinating to me. I was like, wouldn't that be cool to live when they're all there? And like, it does show that even if you have that much power, people are still going to fall. That's, mm -hmm. that's agency. That's the Yeah. I'm just really glad we don't live to be that old anymore because I'm just too tired to be that old. <laughs> Can you imagine 900 years like in a, a mortal existence? A <laughs> hundred years is just enough. Like I just, yeah, 200 years would be more than too much. Um, we lived at a time when Adam and Eve were still alive. That'd Wouldn't be kind you of just cool. want to go have a chat with them? Like, <laughs> oh man, tell us, you know, and hear it firsthand and stuff. Yeah. So remarkable. And I'm sure that they did for a lot of people, but um, 
Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. But I don't know if I'd want to live 800 years for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I went faster back then or something, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the, the questions at the back, there's 148 questions, and a lot of them deal with so who was this one's dad and how many years did they live kind of a thing. But the, the last few questions are, are really crucial. Um, question 144 says, what testimony have men in the first instance that there is a God? And the answer is human testimony and human testimony only. Like that's the only thing or the, the very first thing Um, that we get that there is a God. That's the only evidence that that starts us off on this trajectory. And it's all based upon human testimony and that only. And so, um, I don't know, I've been pondering all week long after this uh, last fast and testimony meeting of, testimony meetings are so important and, and there's a reason that the lord has has ha- revealed to uh, to our modern church practice that we do it once a month as a collective whole so that we can learn and grow with each other yeah. you know there's yeah, there's some that are alethea just backed that up because she said that's where she first knew Heavenly father loved her because a man prompted her to like and that's why we all need to bear our testimony like like my patriarchal blessing tells me bear your testimony often as often as you can and whenever i feel like i should i'm like no i don't want him i have to (laughs) and it's you feel stupid and you're it's so embarrassing because you don't know what's going to come out of your mouth like it really is a humbling thing to just stand up and have no notes and just speak from your heart but like seriously, that is so true. Like that <laughs> is the beginning of the plant, right? Is mm-hmm. other people's testimony. I think it starts with other people's testimony, but then that's where the Holy Ghost testifies. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. But if yeah. you don't up and speak it, then they might not feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I took his challenge. I have no idea. I guess the Holy Ghost prompted me yeah. to. I was like, you know what? I am. I'm going to try. And it was kind of like Alma 32, you know, um, test, is it testing the word, whatever he says to, to try the word. And I, I did. Um, and it frustrates me when other people won't. Right. And they just wallow in darkness, kicking against the pricks. And it's like, you just have to test out his word. And they don't yeah and so you know as we see that timeline there you know we um there there's Cain right off the bat who uh, um and, and that it talks about that here in lecture second as well that Cain also has his downfall and the Lord is still speaking with him I mean there's a there's still dialogue happening and the Lord's going uh, you know what you did and if if you want to sin lieth at the door you can you can make a sacrifice and come back from this but he chose not to and so you know based upon choices those that just don't want to experiment 
upon the word and keep going further and further into some other things. Um, That's the phrase experiment, not test the word. I couldn't think what it was. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, Kathy. I love how he didn't he didn't put them in timeout and be like, I'm not speaking to you. Like you're naughty and you're bad. Like I love how he spoke to them from the beginning. And then they still could call on him anytime and he was still there, just like a loving parent would be. Um and I had never really thought of that before until I listened to that part. I was like, oh, that, because that's how a good father would be. Wouldn't be like, now I'm ignoring you because you didn't do what I said. And, you know, you have to go this long without speaking to me. Like, mm -hmm. he kept that line open. And it's always open. Even when we sin, it's always open. It's always there. We can always repent. We can always talk to him. I love so that, that example though in the temple when uh in the garden when um heavenly father dismisses satan it's so kind right. and gentle right. and even when peter dismisses him it's still kind and gentle it's not anger it's not it's strong but it's not like well it's just more commanding but it's not like not like mean or i mean there's firmness but not anger Mm -hmm. And there's peace with it. Yeah, I, I, I like how you said, I've never heard anyone describe it necessarily like that. But like, as, as we take that pattern and, and uh, put it into practice, right? You know, casting out, like getting rid of, of evil spirits and things where, <laughs> I don't know, I've, I've seen quite a few people do it in different ways, but like, some that do go straight to like anger and like ew, you get out of here kind of thing or whatever versus like the exorcism you see yeah <laughs> like a catholic priest you know, I, I think you watch. <laughs> versus um you know i mean it has to be strong and with resolve with power right but but yet don't let anger start filling your soul and cankering it kind of a thing either i mean it well, has to not be even anger it's like using it's like using the power unrighteously mm -hmm. right and righteous dominion of the power that's not how it's meant to be like mm -hmm. in a boastful yeah i don't know how to describe like, it i'm higher than you get out of my face yeah of. yeah it's more just yeah and i heard somebody talk about that like what if when you did do castings out it's more of a, like an an invitation that they can't deny, right? Because they have to leave, but it's more a kind and loving command invitation to leave. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. even maybe inviting them to find Christ. Right. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, There's that power word again. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh, which is... All about this place. Boy and power. That's well, you do it in the name of Christ, but what if in the name of Christ you invite them to Christ? Right. I yeah. don't know. I've been pondering on that too. So the the next question after that one is is kind of similar. I think we've talked about it, but it says, what excited 
the ancient saints to seek diligently after a knowledge of the glory of God, his perfections and attributes? The answer, the credence they gave to the testimony of their fathers. I mean, if you don't give any credence to it, if you don't act upon it, if you don't follow invitations and, and the promptings, it doesn't get you anywhere. Even if you do have human testimony, you have to exercise faith. And uh, the, the, the amount of credence you give to a testimony is um, how you can diligently uh, start drawing and acting upon faith and, and putting it into action so that you can receive power. Part of the reason I was so excited to study this is because I have read lectures on faith. And as I read it, it was like, duh, they're not telling like, duh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, of course, of course, like they're not telling me anything new, but you know, president Nelson's asked us to study it. And, um, David Clare that I talked about in 2015 BYU women's conference gave the talk about women in the priesthood. He's like, sisters, if you haven't studied lectures on faith, can I invite you to go there? that's where you need to learn. And I think that's when I read it. And I was like, I want to learn more because I felt like when I read it, it was just common sense. Is that like, mm -hmm. do you guys feel that way? Or I'm thinking other people must not feel that way or else they would all believe. So maybe that's part of a testimony or do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, a similar experience with family proclamation, a lot of people had that same thing, right? It was like, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> all that, I mean, it's all good, but like, can you give us some more meat rather than, than the milk kind of thing? But yet, um, as time and experience moves on, and um, as, anyway, with with this setting at this time and with other things that we've studied and how it culminated in this like I'm getting a lot more out of lectures than I have previously even though I've had uh, quite a few uh, really aha moments with lectures before um, there, there's been times that I, I read it and I'm like okay cool you know especially lecture second it was like all the generations whoop-de-doo <laughs> but yeah I, I think a lot of it kind of comes down to to timing and and different experiences in our lives that are more applicable our spiritual growth and then how much we're ready to learn because sometimes we can have a high spiritual growth and it's like yeah i'm done learning <laughs> right i i'm not i'm i'm done feasting right now i need to just let it settle <laughs> yeah. and so the next question says how do men obtain a knowledge of the glory of God, his perfections and attributes? The answer, by devoting themselves to his service through prayer and supplication, incessantly strengthening their faith in him until, like Enoch, the brother of Jared and Moses, they obtain a manifestation of God to themselves. You know, I, I've heard that quite a few times, but I never fully got what that meant until going through the Abraham book and through Isaiah decoded, especially triumph of Zion, right? What does it mean? A manifestation of God, but how do men obtain well, that's the pattern? That's the pattern right there. Yeah, exactly. That they, they it's everywhere though. God. It's in doctrine and covenants. It's in the book. It's everywhere. We just yeah. don't see it. Yeah, exactly. 
You have to devote yourself to his service through prayer and supplication, incessantly strengthening their faith. Like the faith is, is that first principle of the gospel so that we can start learning how to use it and grow it until we can actually obtain a manifestation of God to themselves. That first one, is it serving God, serving others? What was it? Uh-huh. So by devoting themselves to his service through prayer so that, and supplication. So, but devoting themselves to his service reminds me of President Nelson asking us to be ministers, right? That yeah. invitation. I mean, that was the invitation. Yeah. We talked about that before, like what that means to minister. And he said, we're going to be called ministers. Like we all are ordained ministers to minister. And that's like huge. And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think we he fully comprehended ministering brothers and sisters, but not to call ourselves ministers. Right. Because right. that applies to the, the missionaries themselves. Right. So, yeah. So not ordained, but just, I just felt like there was power. Maybe that's why I said ordained. Cause it felt like there was power in that when he said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Um, so the next question I find very interesting because it's kind of worded different, um, but it says, is the knowledge of the existence of God a matter of mere tradition founded on human testimony alone until persons receive a manifestation of God to themselves? The answer, it is. And so <laughs> it's just kind of interesting how that's worded there. Is the knowledge of, of God a matter of mere tradition? It is because it's based upon human testimony alone. God's not just coming right out the bat and manifesting himself to you without your hearing human testimony and then acting in faith upon it. But yeah. Anyway, is there anything else? I mean, because that's kind of the the end of the questions, unless you want to dive into some of the other ones as well. But anyway, just kind of opening it up, like what else stood out to you guys uh, through lecture second or uh, what else um, did you want to kind of touch upon there? Um, One thing that was interesting in the Adam and Eve part um, as soon as they had transgressed and uh, they were going to hide themselves, so um, Joseph or Signy or whoever wrote lecture second, uh, most people say it's Joseph himself, but um, he says, uh, I'm quoting from the new translation. So he's already um, uh, uh, retranslated uh, Genesis here. And he says, And I, the Lord God, called unto Adam and said unto him, where goest thou? So, I mean, we have many different versions of of that, right? Where art thou? Um, If you take a look at the the original Hebrew words um, from the book of Genesis, it says, where is your light? Um, But but Joseph here is is saying, where goest thou? Like, I, I don't know, I find a lot of interesting insight in all of those different uh, translations or insights there. Um, But Heavenly Father coming and going, 
where are you going? <laughs> like, I'm right here. You usually come and come and talk to me, right? But where, where are you going? Kind of well, like Ollie Ollie Oxen Free. Come on out. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always come out every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I beheld that I was naked and I hid myself. Look and so that shame was entered, was brought in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was so, afraid. A fear comes from shame, right? Mm -hmm. So they were originally, upon being placed in the garden, given garments of light. And those were now gone. And they were naked and, and beheld that they were naked. And so that shame uh, enters in there. And uh, then the, the loving process of, okay, well, here's a savior who we promised. And, and he's going to make you these kind of garments now. And we're going to teach you new patterns. And, and this is how you come back. And then you're going to teach all your children all about this <laughs> so that they can follow it too. Yeah. Just like we counseled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything was set in motion. Yeah. Is there any other way? No, there's no other way. <laughs> All right. Just like we counseled, right? Yeah. We just didn't know how it was going to happen. And that's kind of how it is for us, right? Like we know it, but we don't know how it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We don't know what our descent is. We don't know how we ascend. We don't know when the ascent comes. And that's the action with the faith. Mm -hmm. We get to have the faith to act on it and not know how it's all going to play out. Yeah. I mean, if we all knew how it's going to play out, we wouldn't need faith and we wouldn't need even the action. We could just sit and watch it all happen. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't we learn this year in the Old Testament that they, Adam and Eve were calling on the Lord? What was it? I want to say 65 years, but I'm even thinking it may have been more than that. Do you guys remember? I'm thinking it's that tradition says or something that I don't know. It just seems like I heard it was like a long time. Like their faith was really tested to see. Mm -hmm. Of course, 65 years when you live 900, isn't that long? <laughs> For me, 65 years is a long time in comparison when you do the percentage of your lifetimes, right? <laughs> But they were just babies. <laughs> but yeah. still, like if it just seems like I heard that and and I just thought, so why do we think it should be so fast with us? Like we need to also have patience. I don't know if it's patience with the Lord as much as it is patience with ourselves in our learning and our progression. Cause we we want to run really fast, right? We want to progress really fast. And we but, don't want to suffer for very long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want and, our to be short really short. <laughs> yeah. And we want to progress really fast, but we we need the the groundwork. It's that line upon line, precept upon precept. I feel. 
yeah how it's just interesting if you're kind of taking yourself back and kind of taking a look at a, a narrative scenario right like he's just watching one of his teenagers and they're just running a million miles an hour going around uh, <laughs> like they're like if you stop i i <laughs> what are you looking for where are you going i i'm looking for god i'm right here <laughs> but i can't quite <laughs> get you <laughs> it's kind of like actually it's kind of like my kids when they were little mom i can't find my shoes anywhere and i would say when was the last time you left them on the ceiling yeah right like you're looking in all the wrong places look on the floor you're not going to find them on the walls and the ceilings <laughs> and don't we do that we look we look in all the wrong places and not like we want to make it harder than it is or I don't know, bigger than it is. And so we spin our wheels looking in all the wrong places and doing all the wrong things. And well, and sometimes we have too much pride to ask. Like he's just waiting for us to ask, but we have to get so, I don't know. Sometimes we just wait so long to ask, are you there? Like, you know, to have that communication mm -hmm. or ask for help or like, I don't know, like we have to almost descend so far before a lot of times we'll say, oh, by the way, could you really help me with this? Yeah. But he's he's the perfect gentleman. He's not going to jump in. He's the perfect parent. He's not going to he's not going to go solve your problems at elementary school. You know, mm -hmm. I'll let you figure him out and stumble and make mistakes. And it's just the par perfect parenting example. Yeah, but then you get to be an adult and you're like, okay, I'm out of that phase now. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, I think it was Michelle Craig, but I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, she's hiking and she has a rock in her shoe. And she's like, mm -hmm. how many times do we just leave that rock in the shoe way too long? Like, why don't we just immediately go, oh, there's a rock in my shoe, take it out. Because I don't want to go 50,000 more miles limping around. And it's like, how many times did we do that? Like, actually, literally, I do this all the time. I get a rock on my shoe and I'm like, well, I don't have time right now. But then after quite a few steps, my feet are hurting. Why didn't I just take my shoe off right then? So stupid. Because <laughs> you're going to have to do it eventually. It'll resolve itself. It'll work its way out. It'll, you know, you think all these other things. Yeah, and it's pride and it's Satan. I mean, it really, all of those doubts we have, all the shame we have, all the self-doubt, it's all Satan. It's yeah. all Satan making us feel like we're too busy, like we don't need his help, we, we'll figure it out. I don't feel like praying about it. I don't want to be humble right now. I don't want to ask for help. I'm too mad to ask for help. I don't want to take accountability. Like My problems aren't nearly as big as everybody else's problems, right? I have a roof over my head and clothes and food and right. there's all the I'm other people that for have help. Right. And often that's one of them that, they, that Satan loves it. They're like, oh, you're, you don't have as half as bad as your neighbor. So why are you asking for help? Like, you're just being dramatic, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> or selfish or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's oh. tricky. Yeah. I mean, it kind of comes down to the basics, right? Yeah, uh, daily prayers, reading the scriptures, attending your meetings, yeah. kind of thing. But how hard are those sometimes because we get rocks in the shoe or or whatever, and then then enters in all of that 
that yeah but it reminds me it reminds me who was it it's in the old testament and he told him to go wash his eyes and he wanted something big and grand and mm -hmm. he's like yeah but if it was big and grand like you know like yeah, sometimes we want something bigger and grander and it's just just go wash your eyes with mud isn't that what it was wash your eyes with yeah. mud or bathe in the in the mud. yeah it was something about that and yeah i just kind of remember how i feel i don't remember the stories <laughs> or, or the details <laughs> i think my biggest away from this whole this whole chapter is the action because I always know that a lot of times when we have to act in faith, it doesn't make sense. Like that doesn't make sense. That, that's a stupid thing to do right now, but it's like, just do it. And the times I haven't listened, I think for me, like the biggest, I realized the Holy Ghost when I got hit by a car, because I knew I was going to get by a car, but I didn't just, I didn't do what the Holy Ghost said. I just went for my bike ride, even though the Holy Ghost told me not to, told me I was going to get by a car. And then I was like, Oh, he is real. Like, that, that voice is real. Like, oh. So you literally had to get hit upside the head before you could listen and realize. <laughs> I did. And my dad, I told my dad, I said, if I call, if I get by a car, I'll, if I get hit by a car, I'll call you. And he's like, what? And I was like, never mind. And then I went and I was looking really careful for the cars. And I still got hit by a car. And she was, it was a friend of mine from school. And she's like, I'm so sorry. It's like, it's okay. The Holy Ghost told me I was going to get hit. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I How come the Holy dad. Ghost didn't tell you to slow down? <laughs> and I call my dad and he comes to get me and he, he, he like, he hugs me and he's like, you knew. <gasps> you knew. <laughs> you knew. And I don't want you ever to do that again. And all I could do is, I know, I knew, I knew I, was like, I wanted to go for the bike ride. I wanted to go. And so I'm so thankful that happened when I was like 18, because when I hear that voice, I'm like, oh, that's the voice. But we don't want, like, we have other plans. Like I wanted to go for the bike ride. And how many times do we just like put the prompting away? And it's the action. That's the, the action. The acting on the faith is going to give us the power and the power is going to give us the joy. It's like that. It's like its own trifecta, right? Mm -hmm. And I love how the Lord tenderly tutors us temporally so that we learn how the Holy Ghost speaks so that we can act when we need to spiritually, you know, or in the spiritual realm, whether it's warning our kids about something or whatever, you know, we, he just tenderly tutors us with things that are relatively unimportant in the whole scheme of things does that make sense <laughs> yeah and so yeah, i think you know my biggest that, Kathy. Yeah. What's that? i said i love that thanks for sharing that sure sorry cameron go ahead oh you're fine um i think uh one of the biggest takeaways for me from this uh lecture second was how important human testimony is right and that all of our experimentations or our own personal experiences um, really do tend to stem off of human testimony. And the, the powerful um, example that we have of General Conference, where for six months, every six months, 
the Lord directs his servants through inspired words saying, you give these testimonies and then the, the church or anybody who listens to these will have exactly what they need in order to experiment upon the, the things that are necessary for them in the next six months. And I don't know, I just been kind of mulling that over here as, as you guys are talking of, I don't know, just how impactful our, our monthly testimony meetings are for our communities, but then as a church to come together and listen to the same words so that we can all be experimenting on those same human testimonies and, and gaining further light and knowledge and experience with with God. Uh, I mean, look how powerful President Nelson's talks have been since he's become prophet, you know, like we studied. And all of the the footnotes and the testimonies and all of the, the richness that was in there and that what a privilege that we get to hear our prophet who who we know has has his own personal interactions with deity he's telling quite vivid powerful testimony on which we can rely and build upon and experiment on for ourselves uh, anyway it hit me in a new way. Like I, I knew that it was kind of like an oh duh, but at the same time, I don't think I know it. Like the Holy Ghost is trying to to witness to me now. But his testimony is kind of coded too. Like you kind of know how to start, like figuring out the code. Like you know, studying. But also, I've always felt like testimony meeting really every testimony meeting is a miracle. Like that you can open a pulpit to anyone that wants to say anything it's a miracle it works like no yeah. church i don't think any other church does that do they do that just like open mic anyone that wants to just come say anything you want you know i've always wished they had a trap door that just would like let people go down a slide when they need to be quiet although i'd probably go down the slide a lot <laughs> but i was just thinking it's a miracle it works it's a miracle it's amazing I was thinking when you said open mic about karaoke and there have been a few times people have used it that way. <laughs> My testimony is found on page 85 and I'm going to sing it for you now. <laughs> but, um, but I was also thinking earlier, Cameron, when you said how often we get together, this is the second time you've said about getting together monthly which really isn't that much when you think about it in the scheme of things, only 12 times a year. And yeah. I've been thinking about in the Book of Mormon, when they talk about they did fast, they did fast and, oh, they fasted and prayed often together. It wasn't testimony. It was often, they prayed and fasted often. But but testimony meeting is in conjunction with um, fast Sunday. So I guess that's why I was thinking that. And I've been pondering about that and wondering we don't we don't really do we do that that often what is often right yeah yeah it's very interesting and in how that applies to you know we have two people ish you know there's you speakers as well but um we have at least two on weeks other than fast sunday that are typically speaking uh, we have it in our classes where we have opportunities to testify in our 
day-to-day walk and stuff but yeah it, it's interesting but we don't I'm fast and pray off together yeah it's fasting we just do once a month i guess that's where the lord tells you the church says this is the standard and then you listen to the lord to be guided on how often to fast and pray right we've had pre- fast for rain though and we've had fast for people that are sick or like you know that ask for fasting yeah yeah I think we should do a lot more of it, though. I feel like we should pray. Maybe we should be fasting for water a lot more than we are. Well, we were fasting that it wouldn't rain this weekend. Idaho's been dry, dry, dry. And then we're having my son's outdoor reception in my sister's backyard, and it rained. But, <laughs> but it did clear up right at the very end. We waited till an hour before the reception, and we saw some blue sky, and we hurried and set it up in the backyard. So. And it stayed dry and it wasn't too hot because it's been really, really hot. And it wasn't, it cooled down and it wasn't too cold. And so anyways, in the end, it worked out perfect. But I kept telling my sister, I don't want to pray that it doesn't rain because so many people have been praying that (laughs) and fasting that it would rain. (laughs) It's always one in the bunch. Ruins it for you. It's like just for two hours. Can you just hold it off? Hasn't rained all week. And now it's going to rain the day of. The reception outside. <laughs> Have you looked at weather for education week? Is it? No, I haven't. What's it like? It's like thunderstorms the first part of the week. Oh man, I should have. I have so many nice umbrellas at home. <laughs> yep, I don't know. Can you see? It's like thunderstorms right. through Wednesday. Now I guess I better go buy a raincoat. <laughs> I asked you yeah. if there was anything else I needed and you didn't say a raincoat. Well, I, I don't know. Didn't think about that one. But yeah, last year, it, Poncho and I went through two umbrellas because the wind was just whipping them and breaking them. I know you did say that in your video. Hey, and then I went, oh, maybe it's not over here. I went to Walmart and I got a really nice battery pack from Anchor for $34. You can oh, charge two USBs in it and it plugs into the wall instead of into a USB port. To charge so anyway oh, sweet um there's something else i wanted to ask about but i can't remember talking about education week is everyone going to meet for uh the devotion on tuesday the marriott center oh that would be fun to sit together wouldn't it i just don't know where to sit yeah i i need to like write down my favorite spots and stuff I, I forget like i know when i'm there but i forget like what section it all is and stuff um but i'm usually up on on the second level but anyway when, once we get there we can figure that all out is are there some in the evening i want to go to but i know i'm going to be too tired but like kathy don't and darlene don't you want to go to the grandparents once how to be a good grandparent? Yeah. I didn't have any grandparents. So I need to know to model it for me. And I'm like, I want to go to the grandparents one, but it's like at eight 30 at night. I need it, but it's so late. I know. I think they do that for grandparents that are working. Cause apparently <laughs> all grandparents work. The grandparents class is late at night when they're all asleep. The grandparents are all tired. I know. So, I'm and, laughing and, because I'm a grandparent and I work. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think they're having it in the evening because I guess they figure all grandparents still work. And if you didn't work as a mom raising kids, now they're gone and now you're working. So, but, but they have them like part one and part two back to back every night. Alethea, it's the working grandparents that need the most help because we don't have any time. I guess. Well, I am not working. I want to work, but um, none of my grandparents live. I mean, none of my grandkids live by me, just one. And he's, he was born May 30th. So, you know. Well, maybe we need to take the class. Can we just send a tape recorder? I know, right? <laughs> We can just put like a bug in there and record it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I think that's what I wanted to ask earlier about the grandparents class. I signed up too late, so I have to pick up my book when I'm there. And I wish they would tell you. I just it's hard to go back and forth. Like, I, I don't know. It's hard to go back and forth on the computer, at least to look and see like the ones I highlighted, like, how is that going to flow? I guess I just need to write it down on another piece of paper. Yeah. You should see my mom's first year chart that she made. <laughs> it's elaborate. <laughs> it was safe worthy, huh, Darlene? Uh, She's you still moody. have it? She's muted, just a second. Mother, you're muted. Oh, you're still she, muted. And, uh, oh, there. Cameron's talking about his classes and stuff. And then I started following him around because that was the ones that were interesting. Mine were just dumb. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I'm going to go to dumb ones, but I kind of picked out ones I was interested in mm -hmm. so well, have, I don't you, have you downloaded the app no oh how do i find the app it took me forever yeah, the, to get my duo push figured out yeah the app is really good actually byu okay. continuing education okay i think you told me that one time and then i forgot yeah i've been using that because you can because you can you can mark which classes you're interested in like make a list of the ones you're interested in uh, are there features you don't want to miss like are there some that's like you don't want to miss this one or is they just all going to be good like oh no there's definitely some duds <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no Wilcox but, is teaching at night i know but i during the day he's I'm sure you're going to have to go an hour before it to get a seat. I know. Is I know. He, where is he teaching at? How big is the... I, I don't know. The Marriott Center. I think it's the auditorium for uh, Joseph Smith Building. Yeah. How big is that? It's pretty I big. Mean, I just, think you'll be fine. Okay. Okay. But one's in the evening, so I don't think that one will be as crowded. Do yeah, you think? Last year, he spoke at the evening and seats were fine well Did he's you, speaking during oh, the okay. day and he's speaking in the evening on two different topics mm. yeah but last week last year in the evening seats were okay for him <clears throat> wait i have to log in again that's 
stupid duo push. You know why they have that? It's job security for the IT people because they get so many phone calls <laughs> on how to make it work. We had all the right phone numbers, but different phones. And so it canceled them all. And I couldn't, it says, oh, update a phone. Let's send a duo push first to your old phone you don't have anymore. <laughs> I freaking, I spent a week trying to figure that out and then gave up and called them. Because, you well, know, Phil, I guess I'm stubborn like that. Feel good know, that it's a dual call. push. <laughs> the new system we went to at UVU is even worse than dual push. Is it? Yep. So dual is actually pretty good once you get it set up. Well, I mean, I've used it for BYU-Idaho, but the thing that's hard is they were all the right phone numbers. It's just my husband has a different phone and I have a different phone. So it's only according to that <coughs> phone with that phone number. So I had to call IT. And it just frustrated the heck out of me. <clears throat> anyway. Is, uh, is Robert L. Miller, is he a good teacher for his classes? Have you taken any of his classes? Uh -huh. So the ones that I've taken, like yeah. I, I love Robert Millet, but like if you just buy his book that's on the same subject, you pretty much get all of the information anyway. Yeah. So um, there's I other things that it's I cool to hear take, from but, it. Mm. but he is a really great presenter and really great information. So if there is a book that's on that same subject, I just well, typically buy the book. Yeah, he's talking about prayer Tuesday through Friday, prayers that open the heavens and shake the earth. Mm -hmm. And there's two different ones. He's talking on prayer and there's somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of wanted to go to both of them because apparently I'm not praying good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Who is? I'm not either. <laughs> That's why... I'm like, I would like to improve my prayers, please. Hey, did you guys let the BYU app allow you to give you notifications or no? Well, it depends because when you sign up and um, if you highlight all of your classes, it will alert you 15 minutes beforehand where your next class is so that you don't have to look it up or anything. It'll just send you a notification. Oh, but I can you, allow you don't it, care about that. I can allow it or I can allow it in the scheduled summary. And I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like when you when you when you choose a class, it says, do you want a 15 minute uh if I allow it in or the scheduled summary, is that the right one? Uh -huh, yeah, you can do it in either place. I don't want it do sending me stuff all the time. Yeah, I found it very annoying, so I just turned those off. But you can turn them back on at any time. Okay. Are you what seeing about... Carrie Muelstein? I would like. I would like to, but it's all about a... Isaiah. Yes. In the in the. The young oh, concert the... hall, HVAC. Yeah. Huh. What about Susan Easton Black? Is she? You know, I saw her last year, and I got to tell you, there are some others that I would see. <laughs> okay. That's I, why I, I love her me. when she's on TV or whatever, yep. kind of thing, but like, I've never liked her Education Week classes. She's yeah. kind of a dud to me. 
Me neither. Last year, I, I said, yeah. oh, my goodness. But her talks are awesome, you know? Yes. Okay, okay. Oh, the other one I, I was thinking of, Rossanne, that isn't prayer that I said it was. I think it's David A. Christensen, Revelation. Mm. Process oh. of mm. Revelation, the art of asking how revelation, so, that kind of goes along with prayer, right? Yes. So David A. So. Christensen is mm -hmm. retired. I happen to know him personally. Yeah, he I'm was a past institute president for yeah. uh, University uh, U of U Institute, and uh, he's about eighty years old now. <laughs> okay. So, do I want to go to? I know David A. So, do would you go to his? Okay, yeah. that's a million dollar question. Do you go to his class? If it's the same one that I'm thinking, right? It's because there's two David A. Christiansons that, that present at Education Week sometimes. If you know him and you still would go, that means it's really good. So, yeah, it's yeah, the you David have to make a. sure it's the right one. So, yes, the, the David A., I just looked him up. Um, so here's my experience with him. But um, the first year, loved it. The second year, he was kind of old and a little bit like, just going on tangents and yeah, trying he to was disjointed <laughs> a little yeah. bit disjointed yeah. so like if you catch him on a good year but like if you go to his first class and it's kind of like wobbly then but he has good information he has excellent information oh, okay yeah kind of like susan eastern black mm -hmm. yeah it, it could be really great it could be a duck <laughs> yep exactly oh, boy Robert Millets. How about the one after that, though? Carrie M. Wrigley, Christ-Centered Healing from Emotional Challenges. <coughs> I've liked her mm. in the past. Have you? Because that one looks really... And so I guess I could go to her instead of David A. What I really time like are you talking? Topics. Yeah, really... where? What, what 12, time? 12, 1230 to 150. 1230 is like my thing. Like... Every class that I want to take is in the 1230 time slot. <laughs> like, well, I'll go to that one and then I'll share notes. And I guess I am not recording it because we're not allowed to record it. But I just ordered a recorder. Yeah, I know there's only one person in our group that's kind of against it. So we just won't mention it in group chat. <laughs> every, every iPhone has a recorder on it. Yeah, Hello. I see a lot of people recording it. <laughs> yes. It's just that they don't want it yes. being posted out there and all that kind of stuff. Right. I'm only sharing it with you guys, so it's not going to be that bad. Only yes. with 500 yeah, people. And if you ask them, they usually just say, yeah, go ahead. Keep it to yourself. How about oh, Scott right. Anderson, Spiritually Thriving in the Last Days? That's in the Marriott Center main floor. So it must be a good speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks really good. So what time are we talking now? 12.30. Oh. Well, the one she just mentioned is 3.10. Yeah. yeah. What about Anthony Sweat? I've heard that name oh, somewhere. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> he's like he probably one of the better. most amazing ones. You can't oh, get any okay. better than Anthony Sweat. Tony. Okay. He goes by Tony. Yeah. Okay. Tony is totally awesome. I figured you guys were all going to go to that one. So I'm going to go to a different one and then I'll just learn from you. What, um, what time period is Anthony or Tony? Sweat. Um, 1230. 11, 10 to 12. 
11, 10 to 1230. Okay. He's doing two classes back to no, back. Yes, he's got one at 1230 to 125 as well. Really? Mm -hmm. He's a workhorse. Man, I can't find him. He's in the Marriott Center hey. from 1110 okay. through. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the booklet. He's on page 20. 20? Oh, man, I was on page 15. Okay, page oh. 20. Yeah. Yes. Or the seven. Tuesday through Friday classes. Yep, yep, yep. I see him. And then yeah. is it before 1230 also? Yes. The one right before that. Yeah. And so where is he at? What page is he on for 11, 10 to 1230? Let's see. On that one. Should be on page 16. No, 17. Okay, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Seeking truth. So, like oh, that yeah. one book, Seekers Wanted, um, is what that class is based off of. There, like, that's a really good one. I've taken that exact class before. So, I'm kind of confused. On page 28, it says Tuesday through Friday classes dash 4:30 p.m. comma 5:50 p.m. comma 7:10 p.m. Are these people teaching three times? Like, I'm just confused. No. no, it has it has three different time slots and they have different speakers during those time slots. Like that that page has a continuation of the 430 listings from the previous right. page. Plus it has the 550 classes. Plus oh. it starts the, the 710 block on that same page. Oh, so on the next page, right. I don't see it starting the seven. Okay, the seven. Okay, that's where I started getting confused. Yeah, the, the headers aren't the greatest. I wouldn't really. No, the headers are terrible. So I'm confused. Quintel Cook devotional. What time is that at? That's 11. 30. Hang on, I'll tell you. 11.10 11, 10. Tuesday at the Marriott. So there's that so, one exception where for Tuesday through Friday, there's a, a block of classes, right? But with the oh, devotional, it interrupts that you. on Tuesday. And it so got you. Wednesday okay, through Friday, confused. it was yeah, it's yeah. different. It oh, just okay, follows okay. the regular BYU devotional schedule. But they don't have anything during the devotional hour. Mm -hmm. mm. So all of those classes during that hour are only going Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Exactly. Tuesday is quit and cook. And they just expect everyone else to be there. Yeah, since he's born mm. the 12th. I think we need to get together <laughs> Sunday night and have a powwow. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, that'd be Trying excellent. Where would we get together? I don't yeah. know. Just... Oh, you said Sunday? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was kind of planning on doing on Monday night as well. On Monday, um, okay. Because the, the first day of classes, you're just kind of going and, and figuring things out. And then Monday night, I think we can kind of come together, have dinner, and then powwow about our Tuesday through Fridays, seeing where everybody's at, any kind of things like, oh, hey, this is what I took and I liked it. Oh, well, if you like that, here's some other things you're going to like. Or no, right. one I took was a dud. And then we can kind of give you suggestions off of that, like, oh, okay, then this is where you're going to want to be. So yep. is anyone looking at, on page 27, the feasts and festivals of the Messiah, remembrance and anticipation. Yes. Um, 
because there's two classes that I want to take during that one, and they're just right on top of each other. So the Tamara Uzlik Hall and Linda V. Cherry, those are yeah. both excellent ones. So I think we, I don't know, I'm going to be going to one of them. I'm not sure which one, and then uh, whoever's taking the other. But mm -hmm. I, so Monday night is perfect to me. The question is, where are you all planning a meeting? Um, at my in-laws. So my in-laws live in Indian Hills. Indian Hills. Right above the uh, Provo Temple, that neighborhood right there behind the temple. So can we walk to BYU from there? Or is there an no? address? Yes, I, I, it's on Mountain Ridge Road. Oh, I know where that's at. Okay. Um, I'll have to. I'll have to put the address in. I'm. We are going to a reunion. We're leaving tomorrow morning at eight. I'll be in Provo for reunion tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. So I'll put the address in the. Right. Are you on the chat? On the are, Facebook are you, chat. Yeah, yeah, I'll put the address in there. So they Perfect. have. They live. They live at the end of Mountain Ridge Road, and they have a home. Yeah that they built right next door, they called the guest house. And so, right. yeah. So oh. it's kind of far to walk to BYU, isn't it? Yes, it is far to walk, yeah. Drive, okay. Yeah, I'll have to drive. But and I won't, I won't have a car, so I'm counting on Alicia and Kathy. I'll have a car. Uh, <laughs> my my, my in-laws, my son's in-laws, I love them. They live right above the creamery. Mm. That's a little closer. So then I'm thinking, because parking's going to be at a premium. And I'm wondering, I wonder if we can they'd let us park there and then walk oh. down. Parking's right. not that bad, actually. Really? Yeah, I yeah. always found places to park. Yeah, okay. parking's not that bad. Okay, I, I thought it would be. I was, I was thinking that because a lot of people stay in the dorms. So they just walk, right? So Okay, okay, that's good to know. Okay, good. I mean, you still wanna be there fairly early for your classes anyway, so that you make sure to get a seat. But, you know, if you're late, running late that morning and you happen to show up to classes, you know, half hour late, that's when you're gonna have a hard time finding parking. But yeah. you know, if you're on time and, you know, getting to your classes pretty good, you, you won't have a problem finding parking somewhere. I yeah. don't know if I want to go to how early do you guys want to go to class? <laughs> so Monday, I'm not going until noon because I have to work, but I'll be there for the rest of the week, no problem. But I would suggest 20 to 30 minutes earlier than your first class for parking. Mm -hmm. You have to be there by eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of thinking the 950 class would be my first one. So if you're doing if you're doing that, that's where you are probably gonna have a hard time for you're gonna have to park the Marriott then at that point. Yeah. Or the football stadium. But they have shuttles, so yeah. You know. You could easily take a shuttle there. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can walk yeah. and get your steps in. <laughs> yes i i am supposed to walk a half hour every day so that will that would help there you go um, but i'm i'm beholden to my uh friends that have cars so 
So back on back Monday to there Monday is night. a prayer one. Sorry. Oh. On Monday there is a prayer one at eight thirty in the morning. Mm. So back to Monday well, evening. We're planning yeah. a meeting then at Indian Hills, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Get some food. We're it's like B B Y O F. Bring your own food. So it's potluck. Yeah. Bring your own stuff. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That will be fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no. Great. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great right. night, everyone. Looking forward <laughs> to seeing you. you guys in a few days. Yeah. All right. Okay. It'll be fun. Bye. 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 Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.